Warden is often described as the jack-of-all-trades class. They're pretty good at everything, but where I think they really shine is in a group support role. A Warden makes almost any group better simply by being present. So for this build, I wanted to make the ultimate team player, and I wanted to do so by leveraging that multifunctional, flexible nature of the Warden class. We have a ton of healing power, a ton of powerful group buffs, if the team needs damage, we have a fairly effective offensive kit as well, and flipping back and forth between those two modes is as easy as a bar swap. All the while, whichever mode we're in, we'll be fortifying our allies, making them a stronger, better version of themselves. This is a Light Armor Magicka Warden using a Fire Staff and a Resto Staff. It's for non-CP PvP, it's great for battlegrounds, either solo queuing or with a pre-made group. It also works great in Cyrodiil. It's not a build that really focuses a lot on doing tons of damage and getting lots of kills. We do deal enough damage to stand our ground and defend ourselves if we need to, uh, and we'll definitely pick up some kills here and there, but really, I think of it more as supplemental damage. We're throwing in a little extra firepower to help our allies' attacks hit harder. It really is all about helping the team succeed, and if we pick up a kill or two along the way, all the better. For my race, I'm a Breton, mainly for the Magicka Mastery passive. Since we're filling both offensive and defensive roles, we'll be using a lot of Magicka, and so we need all the help we can get with sustain. For my Moondestone, I'm using the Atronach for yet more sustain. For my food, I'm using standard Tristat food, and for potions, I'm using standard Tristat potions. And here's a look at the stats. Uh, I'll also put a link in the description for the UESP build. If you want to take a closer look at the stats or anything else, you can do that there. But just to cover the basics for our audio listeners, our max magicka is at 26,000. Our max health is also 26,000. Max stamina is 15,000. Magicka recovery is right at 2,000. And our fully buffed spell damage is 3,100. And remember, these are non-CP stats. And that magicka recovery does not reflect our cost reduction that we get as a Breton, or the extra Magicka regen we get from our Betty Niche. A quick overview of the gear for my monster set, I'm using Mighty Chudan, I'm using Spell Power Cure for one of my five-piece sets, and Robes of Transmutation for the other five-piece set. I'm using six light, one heavy because that's all I really have, but five light, one medium, one heavy would be ideal just to get the most out of the Undaunted Metal passive. Impenetrable on all seven armor pieces. I'm also using Tristat Glyphs on all armor pieces. You could totally just use Magicka Glyphs, that would be just fine. My jewelry traits are all infused. I'm using one Recovery Glyph and two Spell Power Glyphs. And for my weapons, I'm using a Sharpened Fire Staff on the front bar with a Weapon Damage Glyph and a Powered Resto Staff on the back bar with a Weakening Glyph. Let's start with Spell Power Cure. This set drops in White Gold Tower, which can be a difficult farm on Vet, but if you want, you can just farm the body pieces on Normal and upgrade them from blue to purple or gold later on. Once upon a time, this was the PvE meta healing set, and it's still very good for that, but it's also a great set for PvP. It gives us more total spell damage than Juliano's, but unlike Juliano's, it allows us to share a big portion of that damage with our allies basically like giving them a free warrior or apprentice Munda stone on top of what they already have. It's very easy to proc. As long as your teammates stay close, they're going to have this active on them 100% of the time. Robes of Transmutation is a staple PvP healing set for good reason. When you heal yourself or an ally with the heal over time, you grant them a whole bunch of crit resists. 
And we have a bunch of heals over time in this build, so we're going to be able to maintain 100% uptime on this pretty easily. This set is especially valuable in non-CP, where it's really easy to stack critical strike chance and critical damage, but sources of crit resist are precious and scarce. So your teammates will immediately notice a difference in how much more durable their characters feel. This set is also really easy to get. It's a commonly dropped set in PvP, and you can usually find the pieces really cheap at guild traders. Mighty Chudan, I'm using this mainly to free up bar space and alleviate the somewhat buff-heavy nature of the Warden's rotation. It allows me to remove Ice Fortress from my bar, which is one less buff I need to worry about. And in a way, you could think of one of my slotted skills as the true two-piece bonus, because this set enabled me to slot a skill that I otherwise wouldn't have been able to. It also gives me a good amount of extra resistance for the one-piece bonus, and the extra 1200 health is also pretty nice. The headpiece drops from the final boss in Veteran Ruins of Mazatun, which can be one of the more challenging DLC dungeons. But if you're with a group who knows the mechanics, it's really not that bad, and you only really need to complete it once, and it's a guaranteed drop, and if you don't get the weight or trait that you want, more than likely someone in the group will be willing to trade. On the infused jewelry, I'm using two damage glyphs and one recovery glyph. It's really up to the player to decide how much damage versus recovery feels right to them. So feel free to experiment. This is just what feels good to me. And my fire staff is sharpened because that's just how it dropped and it's a good enough trait. So I didn't want to waste transmute stones to change it. But other good traits are infused, precise, or nernhoned. And I'm using the weapon damage glyph on the front bar so that I have the maximum possible uptime on the bar where I'm doing the most damage. And my resto staff is powered. Again, this is just the trait that it dropped with, but it's actually a really good trait. It increases our healing power quite a bit. It's probably the one that I would choose anyway. When we're in healing mode, we pretty much just stay on the back bar, so we get quite a lot of use out of this trait. Let's talk about the skills. For my main spammable, I'm using Screaming Cliff Racer because it does decent damage and it activates the Bond with Nature, Savage Beast, and Advanced Species passes, which I think is very valuable. One drawback is that the travel time is pretty slow, so it is easily dodged, but I find that it lands often enough and the other benefits that it gives still makes it worth using in my opinion. Deep Fissure is our main burst attack. It deals a ton of damage in a big area of effect. It also applies Major Breach to enemies hit, which will make it easier for the people on your team to pick up some kills. Flame Clench is the only instant stun we really have access to. It's pretty basic, but very valuable. You can use it offensively to help line up your combo, or you can use it defensively to CC an enemy off of yourself or an ally under heavy pressure. Race Against Time, this is one of my favorite abilities. It gives us Major Expedition and Snare Removal, which is extremely valuable. This allows us to always stay mobile and really rarely get locked down with CC. In a big dogpile situation, this is often the difference between surviving or not. Shimmering Shield, this ability makes a great companion to Race Against Time. It basically makes you immune to up to three projectiles for six seconds. If you start getting focused from ranged attackers, just activate this ability, then use Race Against Time to reposition, and you should be just fine from there. Also, when you absorb a projectile with this ability, it restores Magicka and gives you Major Heroism, which gives you three ultimate every 1.5 seconds. Pretty amazing. For our front bar ultimate, we're using Permafrost. This is an amazing ultimate. Not only does it give you and your allies major protection for 12 seconds, it also applies the chilled status effect to all enemies that it hits, which in turn gives them minor maim, reducing their damage done by 15%. 
So your enemies are doing 15% less damage and you and your allies are taking 25% less damage. So that's a total of 40% damage reduction for 12 whole seconds. On top of that, it also deals a decent amount of AOE damage and applies a 70% snare to all enemies hit. It's a very strong ultimate. On the back bar, I'm using Radiating Regeneration. This is a strong heal over time for a pretty low cost. It hits three targets per cast, and I don't have to be facing targets to hit them, which I like. Illustrious Healing is a very strong AOE heal over time, again for a fairly low cost. Budding Seeds is another AoE heal over time. This one only lasts 6 seconds, but it also gives a huge AoE burst heal when it expires. It also provides a synergy for an ally to give themselves an extra strong heal over time, and it pairs very nicely with Illustrious Healing. Blessing of Restoration, I'm using this as my main burst heal instead of Enchanted Growth, really because it simply costs less and heals for more. And the secondary effects that these abilities provide, I think, are about equally valuable. So really, I'm just concerned about the healing versus cost, and this ability wins in both departments. Blue Betty, this is one of my favorite skills. It gives us our major damage buff, restores Magicka while active, cleanses a negative effect automatically every 5 seconds. It also cleanses a negative effect immediately, so you can just spam it over and over again to remove multiple negative effects. Best of all, it's free to cast, which seems too good to be true. This ability does so many good things and doesn't cost anything. And for our back bar ultimate, we're using Healing Thicket. This is a very strong AoE heal over time. It also gives one player an instant burst heal as soon as you cast it. It continues healing allies after they leave the AoE, so you really just need to touch them with it and they'll get most of the benefit from it. It's incredibly cheap. It only costs 90 ultimates, so we're going to be able to cast this very frequently. And it goes very nicely with Illustrious Healing and Budding Seeds. That's three powerful AoE heal over time abilities that you can stack on top of each other for an extremely powerful AoE healing area, or if it's a more spread out fight, you can place them in different areas to make sure everyone's covered. When you're on defense, try to make sure your allies are always standing inside your healing circles, budding seeds and illustrious healing. If the fight shifts to different areas, be sure to move your circles as well. Keep radiating regeneration active at all times. I usually cast it twice to make sure it hits everyone. And try to pay attention to when budding seeds expires and recast it right away when it does. Use your burst heal in emergencies when you or your allies are dangerously low on health. Otherwise, just trust your hots to keep everyone topped up. Be generous with your healing ultimate since it's so cheap and we generate ultimate so fast thanks to Shimmering Shield. We don't really need to worry too much about saving up our ultimate. I often use it preemptively if I think things are about to get difficult because even if I'm wrong, it's worth playing it safe because I'll have the ult back soon anyway. Make sure to keep Betty Netch active at all times and try to keep Shimmering Shield up as much as you can without draining your magical pool too much. In between heals, if you find yourself with an extra 3 seconds or so to spare, feel free to do some damage. The offensive combo is very simple. Cast Deep Fissure, then CC them with Flame Clench, then cast Cutting Dive, which should land right about the same time as Deep Fissure. Uh, then just repeat, but remember that they'll be on CC immunity now, so just leave out Flame Clench and do Deep Fissure and two Cutting Dives. Then on the next rotation, put Flame Clench back in, and so on. And if you can have Permafrost running during all of that, all the better. And I think that's going to do it for this build video slash podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have anything you'd like to add or ask, feel free to leave a comment or email me at ketsparrowhawk at gmail.com. Until next time, good luck out there.